Great, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the City of Sacramento Planning and Design Commission meeting. Today's Thursday, May 25th, 2023. The time is 5.32 p.m. We hope you've been enjoying the weather. Uh, I've missed you all the last month. Uh, we'll move right into the uh, roll. Clerk, will you please call the roll call? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd is currently absent. Commissioner Buckley will be absent tonight. Commissioner Chase? Here. Commissioner Caden? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Macias Reed? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Zong? Here. Commissioner Young? Here. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace? Here. Thank you. And Chair Hernandez? Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll start with instructions for particip public participation via Zoom. I'd like to remind members of the public and in the chambers, if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in your speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. And once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide us with your opinion during public comments uh, period. On, if you're joining us online, click on raise hand at the bottom of your screen. If you are joining by the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in by telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute yourself, dial star six. Speakers will be called upon by the last four digits of their phone number. Everyone will have three minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We'll move on to the land acknowledgement and pledge of allegiance. Um, please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Petwinwintun people, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you all. You may be seated. Uh, we will move on to the next item on the agenda, which is the director's report. Stacia. Thank you, Chair. A couple of items, updates for you this evening. On May 9th, the City Council approved the Dry Creek Estates Project in North Sacramento. And then this week at Council, they approved both the Terrace, Terrace Park subdivision in North Natomas and the Elder Creek 7-Eleven annexation in South Sacramento. So those are the updates that I have for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll now move on to the consent calendar. This is item number one, approval of the Planning and Design Commission minutes uh, of April 27th, 2023. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised in Zoom and I do not have any speaker slips in chambers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, commissioners, any questions, comments, or motions to approve? I see Commissioner Macias-Reed. I'll make a motion to approve. We have a motion by Commissioner Macias-Reed. And next I see Commissioner Zhang. <coughs> I'll second the motion. And we have a motion by Commissioner Macias-Reed to approve the meeting minutes and a second by Commissioner Zhang. Um, I see no further hands raised. Um, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd is absent. Commissioner Buckley will be absent tonight. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Caden? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Aye. Aye. You. Commissioner Macias-Reed? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Thank you. And Chair Hernandez? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you very much. Next, we are moving on to the public hearing calendar. This is item number two. Robla Estates Subdivision P21-009. Commissioners, do you have any disclosures or recusals for this item? Hearing and seeing none, uh, we have a staff presentation by Jose Quintanillo. So whenever you're ready, Jose. Good evening, commissioners. Chair Hernandez, my name is Jose Quintanilla, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. The item before you tonight is P21-009. Robla Estates Subdivision, located at 5240 Rio Linda Boulevard in North Sacramento. <clears throat> uh, the subject site is located south of the Walter Rueda Parkway and the Rio Linda Creek and is located to the west of the Sacramento Northern Bike Trail. 
the subject site is currently, currently has a general plan designation of sur suburban neighborhood low density uh, and existing zoning of agriculture. The requested entitlements for this project include a general plan amendment to change the land use designation from suburban neighborhood low density to suburban neighborhood medium density, a rezone of 19.58 gross acres from the agriculture zone to the multi-unit dwelling R2A zone, a tentative subdivision map to subdivide the 19.58 gross acre site into 177 residential lots, 32 lots for common facilities, which include a public park, um, private driveways, public and private open space, uh, landscaping, and a water detention basin. Uh, site plan and design review of the tentative subdivision map with deviations to reduce the minimum required lot depth, lot size, and lot coverage, as well as the required minimum public street frontage, as well as for the construction of 177 dwelling units with five house models and four elevations. And lastly, there is a tree permit to remove 40 city street trees and two private protected trees. This item requires a final decision by the city council because of the general plan amendment and the rezone request. The first entitlement is for a general plan amendment. The existing designation SNLD, which is suburban neighborhood low density, which allows a dwelling density of between three to eight dwelling units per net acre. The proposed uh, general plan designation for the site would be suburban neighborhood medium density, which allows a <clears throat> dwelling density of between seven and 17 dwelling units per net acre. On the screen is a, you know, the, the, as, you know, how the designation would change in the land use maps. The second entitlement is for a rezone, which would rezone the, the site from its current designation of agriculture to R2A, which is a multi-unit dwelling zone, and it is generally consistent with the suburban neighborhood medium density land use designation. <clears throat> the third entitlement is for a tentative map, which is, uh, as mentioned previously, 177 residential lots, which range from between 1,949 square feet to 3,257 square feet in size. Uh, there are two uh, common lots, which include a public park. Um, there is a detention basin up at the north. There are, there are 18 private driveways, <clears throat> and there are a number of landscape lots and landscape buffers. There are deviations to lot size. Uh, the minimum required lot size is 2,500 square feet in, the, in this zone. 72% um, of the interior lots deviate from the lot size requirement. All lots deviate from the lot depth requirement of between 80 to 160 feet in depth. And all lots with no, uh, public, with no frontage on Circle A, I mean Circle B and Street A require will not have public street frontage as they will be accessed via a number of uh, private driveways. On the map, um, I've highlighted a couple of key locations, um, you know, for, to, to get an idea of the, the, the scope of this project there. The detention basin at the north, uh, Sacramento Northern Bike Trail is highlighted to the, <clears throat> to the east, as well as multiple trail connections that are proposed. Um, this site is accessed via Circle B and Street A, and um, the, the main, um, main access to the site will be via a double roundabout, which is proposed for Rio Linda Boulevard. Uh, zooming in further onto the tentative map, um, I've highlighted typical private driveways for which um, all of the interior lots would be accessed. In, in this example, it'd be lots 131 to 133, with lot 130 having street frontage onto the public street. However, all, all lots will have their garages accessed by the private driveway. There are also a number of pedestrian paseos uh, proposed uh, via a number, by, uh, um, which are shared by each, um, residential, by each residential parcel, and those are highlighted in blue there, as well as the typical landscape lot, which um, you know, make up all the spaces where you know, residential lots were not uh, proposed. So there's a pedestrian connections which can take you throughout the site. At the, at the proposed roundabout, there are three pedestrian crossings and Public Works has conditioned um, rectangular, uh, rapid rectangular flashing beacons which are shown on screen, you know, a typical example of one. Uh, the next entitlement for site plan and design review, there are uh, again, 177 uh, units proposed. 
um, there was an error in the staff report where, um, where it was listing the uh, size of the houses. It was actually the footprint of the houses. The correct sizes are listed above, 1740 square feet, 1748, 1917, 1933, and 2021 square feet. The, the square footages listed in the report are the footprint and doesn't change the lot coverage calculations. Those are still accurate. Um, there are four elevations for each house plan. For, that would be, so there would be a combination of 20 different styles. So the, the five houses plus the four available elevations, which are shown in figure four uh, on screen. The, the parcels which front onto, you know, the circle B and street A, for example, you know, lots 153 and 154 on this screen would have side entries. So the, the house would still, you know, front to back, the, the garage to, um, fronting the alley, but the front door would front the public street. So, you know, you keep that, that important presence on, on the street. There are deviations to lock coverage. Sorry. There are deviations to lot coverage requested in this zone. It's a maximum of 50%. Uh, this project is requesting between 37.9 and 68.8% lot coverage. The final entitlement is a tree permit application to remove 40 city-owned trees, which are currently located in the along Rio Linda Boulevard and would need to be removed with the, with the widening of Rio Linda Boulevard to the ultimate right-of-way. Uh, the, ex the existing city trees are mostly valley oaks, um, and as part of this request, the applicant is required to replace 112 inches of removed trees total. There are um, many more inches that were removed. However, the applicant received a waiver because of the structural deficiencies and the uh, health of the trees. Uh, as part of the replacement, uh, 87 inches of removed trees must be planted in the right-of-way and 25 inches will be planted in, uh, within the private lots. On screen is a tree replacement plan showing that replacement of all removed trees is possible. Staff recommends that the Planning and Design Commission pass a motion recommending that the City Council approve the requested entitlements as this project is consistent with the goals and policies of the general plan. It's providing new... Uh, new housing in a dense and compact development in North Sacramento, and it utilizes a long, a long vacant uh, and large site. Uh, that's my presentation. The applicant is here. He has a few remarks, uh, but staff and the applicant will be here if you have any questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jose. Uh, would the applicant like to come and make a few remarks? Good evening, commissioners. Michael Robertson, Baker Williams Civil Engineering Group. I'm here to uh, thank you, Jose, for the presentation. Very well done. Um, we've been working on this project for a very long time. I think you were probably in elementary school when we worked on this. <laughs> but um, uh, the developer, uh, Ralph Swift, is here, if we have any questions for him. But uh, he's excited about this project. When he came to me a few years ago, uh, he was excited about the proximity to the bike trail, the proximity to the school and it's kind of isolated and separated, bound by levees on the north, the bike trail on the east, and Rio Linda Boulevard. So it's, it's really its own unique subdivision. Um, but this is what we end up working with. We've had multiple iterations, multiple working through the city staff and uh, Robla Community Park District, and uh, this is what we ended up with. We're excited about it, and Meredith, if you have any other questions. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, we're going to do commissioner questions, open up to public comment, and then um, open it up for additional comments or motions. Um, so, commissioners, we had a staff presentation and a presentation by the applicant. Now would be the time to ask questions if you want to use the speaker queue. I see a question by Commissioner Young. Yeah, this question is for the developer. I'm just sort of curious, uh, what's your timeline as far as when you think, you know, the subdivision would be ready? I mean, given where interest rates are and everything like that, I mean, it's neat to see that there's a, a development that's that's still being worked on at this time. Right. The uh, After approvals of the Planning Commission here, presum presuming we get approval, we go on to City Council. And then with that, there are multiple permits we still have to obtain through uh, Army Corps of Engineers and so forth. And some of those are, are obtained 
simultaneously while improvement plans are being worked on. So it could be as, as early as uh, next summer. Thank you, I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Next we have Commissioner Chase. The tree issue, Jose, I know there are trees are being removed. Um, what is the, the, the ratio of, in terms of inches of trees removed to trees that are being replaced uh, on the site? Is it one for one or? My understanding is that it is a one for one replacement. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Any additional questions from commissioners? Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Commissioner um, Chase. Just asked one of the questions I was going to ask. Now, in re relations to, in relation to uh, the replacement of trees, the uh, I, I did hear you state in your uh, presentation, but I missed the actual placement of the trees. Is just throughout the project, or is there a specific area where a majority of the trees are going to lie? So there, there are trees proposed throughout the entire subdivision. However, the tree replacement plan that is um, included in the supplemental material is to demonstrate that the what's being removed, so which uh, urban forestry calculated to a total of 112 inches, th that replacement plan shows that that number of trees can be planted, and that's that's how the developer intends to um, to make up for that uh, for that deficit for that 112 uh, inches that have to be replaced. There, there is a landscape plan in the, in the materials which will differ a bit from the final replacement plan as the replacement plan is only you know, showing that 112 inches can be replaced, but there, there is a landscaping proposed throughout the entire development. I'm sorry, the last three words again? There is landscaping proposed throughout the entire development. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Seeing no additional questions from commissioners, we'll move on to public comments. Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised in Zoom, and I do not have any speaker slips in chambers. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, we'll now move on to commissioner questions, comments, or motions. Um, as a reminder, this uh, requires a motion to forward to city council recommendation of approval. That is the staff recommendation. So looking for um, hands in the queue if there are any additional commissioner questions, comments, or motions. Commissioner Zhang. Um, question regarding the basin that is in the plan. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I understand that this is um, in a 200-year floodplain, and the levee is right there on the north side. If you can go into a little bit of detail regarding um, flood mitigation, that would be great. Yeah, this project is currently in a FEMA flood zone. It's in a low-lying area on the landward side of the levee. Um, it's actually uh, collecting storm water from the east and the west sides of the project, even on the east side of the bike trail. So we've worked out with city staff and had uh, detailed plans for the basin to put in a pump system and to uh, collect the drainage from surrounding properties, including this, and that also includes water quality uh, implementation. Uh, to, and we're also mitigating for a 200-year storm event on our side of the levee, and it would have a, a detention basin, a pump system that also allows uh, stormwater to uh, go through the levee as it does today on a certain events and then and, and larger storms come in the basin will take over and, and pump it out through the levees so it's it's actually going to be improving the drainage through the neighborhoods because we, we found out that there are areas to the east of us that are low-lying that aren't in a floodplain but they probably should have been but anyway this project will actually relieve a lot of this, the, the storm drain issues out there Thank you very much. I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Zhang. Next, we have Commissioner Macias Reed. Thank you, Chair. I'd like to make a motion to uh, move staff's recommendation and approve the project. Thank you. We have a motion by Commissioner Macias Reed. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would uh, actually, given the need for housing uh, in the city, I think this is a great density. Uh, so um, I will be second, seconding this. Uh, I did have one question though regard. Do we know what the pricing price range is going to be of these houses? Not at this time. Okay. 
again, the missing middle comes to mind. So uh, the more affordable, the better. So, but yes, I second. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. We have a second a motion by Commissioner Messias Reed and a second by Commissioner Chase. Also, just want to thank the developers and staff for all their hard work on this project. Um, it's a awkward shaped. Um, area and an underutilized area um, and as Commissioner Chase mentioned uh, we have a uh, great need for housing so appreciate the work here. Um, Madam Clerk will you please call the roll? Yes thank you Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Buckley will be absent tonight. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Caden? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Thank you. And Chair Hernandez? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, Say. Thank you. Congratulations. Next, we have item number three. This is the Grace Rezone and Mixed Use P21 032. Uh, commissioners, any disclosures or recusals on this item? Vice Chair Wallace. Um, a while ago before this project came to us, I spoke with the um, project developer. Um, all items consistent with the material in the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Next, we have Commissioner Young. Um, I received an email from the applicant consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Seeing no additional disclosures or recusals, I also received an email from a uh, representative of the applicant um, requesting a meeting, and I, unfortunately I was not able to accommodate a meeting. Um, so we'll now go on to the staff presentation, and we have Sierra here with us. Go ahead, Sierra, whenever you're ready. Uh, good evening, Chair Hernandez and Commissioners. Um, I'm Sierra Peterson, Associate Planner and Project Planner for the subject application, P21-032 for the Grace Rezone and Mixed Use Project. Uh, the project... Um, the proposed project requires three approvals, um, a resolution uh, determining that the project, project is statutorily, statutorily exempt from CEQA, um, B, a rezone for 620 15th Street from multi-unit residential um, to the general commercial zone within the Central City um, Special Planning District, and C, a resolution adopting um, the site plan and design review for construction of a three-story mixed-use building with 40 multi-unit dwellings and a ground floor commercial space um, with deviations to exceed the height standards. The project is composed of two lots located on the west side of 15th Street between G Street and Fat Alley. The lots total approximately um, 0.22 acres and have two different zoning designations um, at this time. The northern lot is zoned R3A-SPD, um, and the um, southern lot is um, zoned C2-SPD. Uh, the proposed project um, rezoning, um, the project proposes rezoning the northern residential lot to um, C2-SPD. Uh, the lots are located in the Central City Special Planning District and the Old Washington School Historic District. Uh, the C2SPD zone allows for mixed-use um, development to be evaluated based on consistency with the general plan um, floor area range. The um, proposed uh, 25,925 square foot development on the 9,666 square foot lot results in a floor area of 2.68. Um, which exceeds the maximum floor area ratio of uh, 1.5 um, by approximately 1.18 or 11,426 square feet. However, the project requests to use the general plan policy land use 1.1.10 to exceed the maximum FAR by providing a significant community benefit. In this case, the project includes eight income-restricted units at the low-income level, which is 20% of the total number of units, um, which is 40 units. The income-restricted units will be monitored by Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency for a period of 55 years. Um, the applicant has requested um, two de deviations for um, building height. The first deviation is from the transitional height standard of 45 feet. The request is for a three-foot deviation. 
The applicant is also requesting a second height deviation from the old Washington School Historic District uh, specific standards and criteria that limit the height of infill development to 150% of the surrounding contributing building heights. Uh, there are two contributing resources that were analyzed um, in the project plans to the west of the subject site, and the request is for a deviation um, of 0.75 and 8.25 feet. The purpose of these standards is to limit new construction from overwhelming the, um, the surrounding neighborhood context. The proposal achieves this by reducing apparent height and mass um, with horizontal and vertical articulation, use of compatible materials, compatible datum lines, and a rhythmic pattern of massing. As such, the building would not detract from or be detrimental to the integrity of the historic district character and surrounding neighborhood. Therefore, staff supports the deviations. This project was reviewed by the Preservation Commission um, at the May 17th, 2023 hearing, and they forwarded a recommendation to approve the project consistent with staff's recommendation. Staff recommends that the Planning and Design Commission forward to the City Council a recommendation of approval. Uh, this concludes my presentation. Um, the applicant, John Bignocchi, um, from Urban Capital is also here tonight. And if any um, design questions come up, we also have the Urban Design Manager available virtually, um, so we can um, let him speak to any questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sierra. John, whenever you're ready. Uh, good evening, Chair Hernandez and uh, members of the Commission. Thank you for your time uh, reviewing our project and our staff report. My name is John Vignocchi. I'm the project applicant, founding, founder, and managing partner of Urban Capital. I'd like to start just by acknowledging and thanking staff for all the hard work that's gone into this, specifically Ms. Peterson, Mr. Felix, uh, Mr. Monaghan, and Mr. DeCourcy. Without their uh, guidance, and uh, this is a challenging site to work on, without their guidance, we wouldn't have ended up with a, an attainable housing product that we're very proud of today that we're replicating across three sites and 200 units. Uh, I have a few slides prepared, and in these slides, we'll cover how we carefully designed the project around the historic district guidelines. Um, how we fully meet the historic district guidelines with one minor deviation, and how we work diligently to address concerns of our neighbors uh, and staff. We're very excited to advance the GRACE as one of our uh, many projects that our city needs in order to address our region's housing crisis. And uh, if possible, I would like to request time at the end uh, before you make your votes to address any last-minute questions or comments from the public or uh, staff, or sorry, uh, commissioners, uh, if that's okay. Um, we will, if commissioners want to ask questions at that time, they can bring you up, yes. Great, yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Let's see. Oops. How do I get to the... I am a millennial, but this, okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> of course, I have my notes digital, so of course I'm a millennial. All right, uh... Okay, so just a little bit of context and the location. The project's at the corner of 15th and G. Uh, to the south is the UC Davis Health Pavilion. Directly to the southeast is the 129-unit Holiday Inn Redevelopment Project. And directly to the east is Melka Coffee Roasters. Um, the FAR across the street is uh, three, moving to six, and proposed uh, 2040 general plan update. And uh, is four directly to the south, or currently two, moving to four in the updated general plan. Uh, we have a thoughtful design approach that we've worked with our architect and uh, 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 Mr. Monaghan and Mr. DeCourcy. Um, specifically, you know, we respect the surrounding his residential historic context without attempting to replicate it. Uh, we have sensitive articulations and material choices that produce dense housing without looking like it's dense housing. Uh, the, specifically, the facade on G Street is recessed to align with the um, prevailing setback depth on the block. The massing is broken up and recessed toward the western side of the property beyond what's uh, uh, beyond the minimum that's allowed in the zoning code, which is zero feet. We're articulated between five feet two inches and six feet from our neighboring property, um, our westerly neighbor. And along 15th Street, the grace establishes a rhythm that's consistent uh, to, and common to the neighborhood, with reductions on height of either side of the street on 15th and Fat Alley. Uh, the grace. Um, as uh, Ms. Peterson noted, uh, we're seeking an exemption to the FAR to exceed the FAR. Uh, in exchange, we're deed restricting eight uh, studio units on the ground floor to low income. Um, the reason why we chose the eight on the ground floor is just the way that the design worked out. The first floor are eight uh, all studios. The second and third floor are two stories of lofts. 
uh, with two studios on the third floor. Um, they all have the same finishes and features. All have in-unit washer dryers. There's no difference in the quality. Uh, have tall 12-foot ceilings in the studios, but the lofts have tall 18-foot ceilings. So I just wanted to address that. Um, we do have 40 units, as I mentioned, 10 studios, 31-bedroom lofts, um, and an 1,800-square-foot restaurant retail sa- space. And uh, we've signed an LOI with a proven local operator that we're excited to bring into the neighborhood. This neighborhood specifically has a lack of um, good eateries uh, for the neighbor um, and for the community. Uh, as I mentioned, we've coordinated really closely with the neighbors. Uh, we have strong support from the Alkali Mansion Flats Historic Neighborhood Association. We've mitigated the concerns with Manor Flats. They brought up some concerns that are in the staff report regarding infrastructure along Fat Alley. Uh, So we've addressed that with the water, sewer, and electrical. And obviously, we'll work with uh, the building department and city staff to ensure that we meet all the city guidelines. Uh, We've addressed the concerns of our immediate neighbors, again, by making a five to six foot separation between 1425 G Street, which is the contributing resource next to us. Um, And uh, yeah, we're virtually consistent with the historic district plan. It's highlighting five foot, two inches um, to six feet is uh, is a good amount of separation relative to. I was just literally yesterday walking between lunch and our office and just had it, got a chuckle out of this building, Capitol Ave at the East End Historic District, where the two buildings on the right are um, literally pressing up against one another uh, with very very minimal separation. Um, so I think this is a historical uh, trend with development in dense uh, urban neighborhoods. Finally, uh, the GRACE provides important and meaningful housing opportunities. This has an affordable housing component. It transforms a vacant uh, site in our urban core, has mixed-use ground floor retail activation. It's a transit-oriented development being less than a quarter mile away from, um, from, tra- uh, from Blight Rail. Uh, we also are a block away from the memorial, uh, the nine-story memorial gr- uh, garage, which is about 50% utilized and uh, has plenty of uh, parking for our 40 tenants. And it's been designed uh, to respectful to be respectful of the location and the surrounding uses, and we believe the project deserves your support. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, John. Yeah. Uh, commissioners, we're now moving on to commissioner questions. I'm looking for hands in the queue if anyone has any questions for staff or the applicant. Uh, we'll first go to Commissioner Chase. Uh, thank you. Yeah, a question regarding the... Um, um, the, the affordable units at 20 percent. I'm certainly happy to see that. Glad to see that. What level of affordability is intended there, Commissioner Chase? That's for 80 percent low income, so 80 percent AMI earners, household a- a- size okay. of one, which is sixty thousand fifty dollars a year mm-hmm. in annual income. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Next, we'll go to Commissioner Macias Reed. Yes, this is a question for the applicant. Um, you had mentioned um, the uh, talks about a shared parking facility. Um, yes. How, are you currently in discussion um, with uh, the parking, the owners of the parking structure, and have like have you sort of finalized a deal? Or yeah, the owner is actually the city of Sacramento. So we've talked to Matt Ironman oh. uh, on June sixteenth of twenty twenty one. Yeah, and um, so yeah, about two years ago, and uh, we're following the same strategy that the mansion in followed they provided no parking leveraging the city-owned asset and we're planning on doing the same thing we are a little bit further away at a block whereas mansions across the street um, but we think that's a great parking solution for our tenants that will alleviate uh, parking congestion in the neighborhood absolutely great to hear Um, it's a really great way to utilize um, some of those underutilized parking structures thank you thank you thank you commissioner Macias Reed next we'll go to commissioner Lamas thank you Um, I had a question as well about the affordable units. Um, so thank you for clarifying about the area median income levels. Um, I did have a question about um, whether the units were going to be, um, I, I believe it's like project-based vouchers with SHRA, or are they going to be reserved for folks that have a voucher that would come in and utilize it at that, in that space? You know, I'm not familiar with the voucher system. Uh, this is our first deed-restricted unit. I just know it's available to people making up to 60000 roughly $60,000 a year. If they have vouchers, we'll gladly accept them. I know that there's a su- supply of vouchers that are not able to be used um, right now because of the limited housing supply, so we'll certainly um, accept them. Uh, but with SHR, it's, uh, I believe it's just a, a traditional income restriction. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at staff because I... 
don't know if they have any other comment. Um, SHRE is going to be monitoring these, and so um, they will um, income qualify them for the 80% low income AM, or 80% of AMI um, for that low income level. So whether they use the voucher system or they have other tenants that um, qualify for the units, um, that'll be up to SHRA. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Lamas. Next, we have Commissioner Young. Hi, thank you for your presentation. My question is for the developer. Um, regarding the affordable units, um, is there, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming that the unit quality as far as amenities design, it's going to be of the same standard as the private market rate units? Yeah, exact same uh, finishes, exact same appliances, still have washer dryers in unit. Um, four of the eight uh, income restricted studios actually have private um, backyards uh, access, so they have features or amenities that uh, nobody else has in the building. Um, yeah, so it's exact same quality. So, so the affordable units will they all be studio types, or is there going to be a variety of? They're all types? they're all the they're all the ground floor studios. Yes. Okay, they're so they're not going to necessarily be scattered throughout the. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, it's just the way that the design works. We like uh, the studio model for single households. Um, there's some challenges that you run into with one bedroom units because you have a household size of two uh, and you have a higher unit turnover. But essentially, yes, the ground floor studios, um, through primarily through design, that's the reason why all eight are uh, income restricted. Thank you. I yield. Thank you, Commission. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Next, we have Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Uh, this is a question for staff, I think. Um, the prior owner of the building that's directly to the west had approached me um, a while back. I happened to be walking by, <laughs> and I don't think he knew I was a planning commissioner, but he just said uh, he was concerned um, in particular about how we were going to maintain uh, two things. One is sort of the livability of that structure because it's going to have one really tall uh, building on one side. Um, and then the other issue he said he um, raised that hasn't been addressed because uh, he was concerned with parking, but I feel like that has been thoroughly discussed, um, was the um, consistency with the design guidelines for the, the area for Washington School neighborhood. So I, I think what maybe one is for you and maybe one is for staff. <laughs> Um, so, um, Mr. Reiser spoke at the Historic Preservation um, Commission meeting, and he um, he wanted the historic district um, design guidelines to be addressed. Um, we updated the um, Planning and Design Commission staff report to address all 29 um, standards and criteria on how this new development will um, will be an infill development in the historic district. So. Um, new infill development doesn't have to be the same. It, we don't want it to look the same as the historic district. Um, what we're looking at is setbacks, um, specifically um, for the historic district plan. They say they look at um, building to site ratio. They look at um, setbacks. Um, they look at yard spaces. So we did a full analysis of that in the Planning and Design Commission um, staff report, and that's under description and analysis. Um, and it starts on page... It starts on um, page 12, um, and then I think it's about five pages. Um, and so we went through all the setback, um, how that relates to... Um, how it re relates to the historic district and what the existing pattern is. And um, this new development coming in, it matches that pattern. And so we are comfortable saying that the houses are going to be very close together. The staff report also does call out that um, 1425 will be the most affected um, property um, because of this project. And so um, it will be affected. Um, and they've had the benefit of a vacant lot for many years. Um, so light and air is going to be affected and, and the impacts are going to be felt at 1425 G Street. Yeah, yeah uh, to add to Ms. Peterson, yeah, we work closely with uh, Mr. Reiser through the design process. It originally was a zero lot line. Uh, we brought him into our office, understood his concerns, and then articulated the, um, and added the, articulated the westerly property line 
and added the five foot two inch to six foot uh, setback to pr allow for proper light and air. Um, and we did additional coordination with Mark Reiser above and beyond what was required in the, by the zoning and historic district guidelines. Um, yeah, and kind of went out of our way to make sure that he was a happy neighbor. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Great, thank you. I have no further questions. Cheers. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. <laughs> Next, we have Commissioner Boyd. I'll get the hang of this. Oh, it's already on. Um, thank you, Chair. Um, just just for clarity, um, the addressing the the um, low income that you're stating, eighty percent AMI at sixty thousand eight hundred whatever whatever dollars, sixty thousand. Um, just for clarity, so that's uh, allowing low income, which is thirty percent down to thirty percent up to as high as 80%. So it's not a confusion of you are coming in if you are at the 80% AMI, but it is in fact from 30% up to 80%. Correct, yeah, it's up to 80%. Uh, could be between zero and 80%. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm understanding just because that isn't in print, I just wanted to, for anyone who is listening no. that would ask the question, wait a minute, I have to make 60,000 to had that same question. It was like, how do we find people specifically at 60,000? And I learned the same lesson about uh, six months ago. So, yeah, thank you, team. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Caden. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a sequel question uh, for staff. Um, so, I mean, it, it's great to see projects like this use the um, sequel exemption through SB 743 on the specific plan. I was reading through the documentation here. I understand one of the requirements in order to use that streamlining is that you're consistent with the specific plan. So in this case, it is consistent with the central city specific plan is what it said. But I was just curious, how, just for my own education, how does that uh, consistency finding get made? Is that is that based off of, because this project is seeking a deviation in, in height it's, it's, and over the, the FAR Limit. So, just how how do you go about making that consistency finding? Thank you, commissioners. Carlo Felix, senior planner with Community Development. Um, as part of our analysis, we do take a look at the Central City Specific Plan, which itself doesn't establish uh, specific development standards, but it does um, identify a vision um, and goals and policies. And in our analysis, it does meet several of the policies. Um, so a lot of those related to um, transit-oriented development, um, density adjacent to tra uh, transit sites, um, flexible and creative design solutions, material use, and mix of uses as well as uh, maintaining diverse neighborhoods. Um, so based on those, and there's a lot of, there's other uh, policies that it's consistent with, um, we were able to make the determination that it is consistent with the central city specific plan. Got it. So, so less about the specific development standards, more about the, the policies and implementing the vision of the plan itself. Correct. And, you know, the, um, you know, as the specific plan itself implements the general plan. Um, and so in our analysis, we are saying it's consistent. It's within a transit priority area. Um, it is serviced by a lot of um, uh, transit providers. There's opportunities for alternative and active modes of transportation. And um, the additional component of SB 743 or this specific statutory exemption is that it must be within a specific plan analyzed through an EIR. And in this case, the Central City Specific Plan was uh, does have an adopted EIR from 2018. Great. Thank you. I'll give my time. Thank you, Commissioner Caden. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, I may have missed this, but I know perhaps for staff. This um, project went before planning uh, for a preservation commission. My understanding last couple of what was the uh, outcome and decision of that? Uh, preservation commission recommended um, approval of the project um, to the planning and design commission. Great, thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. I don't see any additional questions from commissioners. Going once, going twice. Uh, so we'll move on to the public comment period. Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, 
I do have one speaker slip in chambers and I have three hands raised in Zoom. Um, if it's okay with you, we'll start with the speaker in chambers, James. Uh, good evening, members of the Planning Commission. My name is James Allison. I'm here on behalf of the Midtown Association to voice our support uh, for the development of the GRACE. Midtown Association is a property business improvement district that represents over 1,200 properties in the central city. Our mission is to make Midtown the center for culture, creativity, and vibrancy in Sacramento's urban core. Within that mission is a goal to pursue the development of responsible urban infill projects that help to meet the needs of our evolving district. The need for a robust housing supply cannot be overstated. In concert with our current shortage of residential units is a need for urban areas to adapt to a changed post-COVID landscape. The future of our central city's economic viability will depend on embracing new mixed-use development and adapting to attract new residents and businesses. This project takes what is now an undeveloped and underutilized space within the heart of our central city and brings in 40 new residential units as well as retail and patio space. Additionally, it advances the city's land use goals of promoting growth and attracting new residential and employment opportunities by bringing both within the blocks of the city's central business district. The request to develop this vacant parcel, which currently serves as little more than a parking lot, is consistent with the intent of these goals and a prime example of responsible infill development. Sitting within the transitionary area between a bustling business center and residences, the scale of this project brings a sensible balance between increasing density and maintaining the character of the neighborhood. This new development will bring in 40 new residences and much needed vibrancy to a part of the city already poised for it. We ask that the commission joins us in supporting this project and granting its approval today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Chair. We will start with Ian. Hello. Hi, we can hear you, go ahead. Okay. Hi, uh, my name's Ian Hops. Um, I'm a neighbor in Midtown, live down at H and 24th. Happened to live around the corner from John. He's been a great neighbor. And I've followed uh, his project um, and his plans for that corner as a as somebody in the neighborhood for almost a decade now and, and a, um, an actor at the Sacramento Theater Company down the street, it's uh, always sounded very exciting to me to see a development like this go up, especially considering since, since I moved here and started working at the theater that that lot has just, just been a lot, an empty lot, I think. Particularly what's exciting is the thought of a restaurant, uh, an additional restaurant going in in the neighborhood. Um, you know, uh, as somebody in the arts here in Sacramento, um, I, I, I really love Sac Theater Company. And so to have a resource for the community uh, to gather and enjoy themselves and then maybe go see a show would be a big boon for for those of us in the theater community, um, not to mention potentially having more places to live around where we uh, work. Uh, so I'm in uh, big support of the project and hope the commission will approve it. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Chair. The next speaker I have is Jennifer. Jennifer, I just asked if you will unmute. Okay, hi. I'm Jennifer with FK Management and on behalf of the mansion and SKK Developments, wanted to express our support of this project's rezone. As a neighbor, we see this development as complimentary and are excited to see the applicant committed to bringing more housing and greater density to our central city. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for your comment. And sure, the last speaker I have is Ben. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Go ahead. There we go. Well, thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, my name is Ben Radersdorf. I am a new neighbor of this project. My wife and I just moved into a historic home just around the corner at 14th and F. Um, and we are so excited about this project and everything that it represents for the neighborhood 
I think it is, it is not an exaggeration to say that projects like this are the reason why we wanted to live in mansion flats to begin with. It's a neighborhood that, that represents what we love about Sacramento, which is that it's a city that both, both cherishes the past and celebrates the future. And you see those things living so vibrantly um, and dynamically together. And yeah, we're really looking forward to, uh, hopefully, hopefully the restaurant is good because I think we'll want to eat there every week. Um, so thank you everyone. And again, strongly supporting this project. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your comments, Chair. That is all the public comments I have on this item. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. So we'll close the public comment period and move the discussion back to the commission. Commissioners, do you have additional questions or any comments? Now would also be the time to make a motion. I see Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to commend the applicant. I think uh, you worked really diligently alongside staff to find a workable solution for an interesting parcel. Um, I really commend you also on your effort to find a way to provide some affordable or attainable housing in the area. Um, this is my neighborhood. I live two and a half blocks away <laughs> on, on Fat Alley, in fact. Um, <laughs> and so um, I also am excited to see um, us do really interesting infill um, that is consistent with uh, a lot of the other projects that have happened in the area. Uh, and with that, I would like to um, move the uh, staff recommendation to City Council. Thank you very much, Vice Chair Wallace. We have a motion to approve staff recommendation. Uh, next week speaker we have is Commissioner Caden. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was going through the, the sort of mental checklist of, of these things, and it's hard to imagine a better project. I mean, it's it's in a perfect location. It's, you know, in the one of the lowest vehicle miles traveled areas of the region. It's in a high resource tract. So this is a perfect place from a fair housing perspective to have more affordable housing types and, and just kind of on top of that to voluntarily subsidize 20% of the homes as affordable. I think this is a fantastic project and I'm happy to second. Thank you, Commissioner Caden. We have a motion by Vice Chair Wallace and a second by Commissioner Caden to approve staff recommendation. Next, we'll go to Commissioner Young. Yeah, I, I'm just thrilled uh, at the work that both the applicant and the city staff uh, really put together to, to put this project together. I know that I've mentioned a f several meetings ago about just really taking a look at, you know, in exchange for density, just really trying to get affordability or community benefits. And I'm just so appreciative of the staff and this applicant here who has no affordable housing experience, right? I mean, this is kind of like a first time thing. And I really wanted to just highlight that. Um, just from the pro from a project economic standpoint, usually for you know affordable projects, you, you're wanting to get like 50 units for a scale of economies. This is a 40 unit project, so I know that this was not easy. I know you had to sharpen your pencils, but I also know that um, you went by faith and um, really made a conscientious effort. And so this signals to me that potentially this could be something that can be replicated in the city of Sacramento. Um, as long as hearts and minds are, are willing. And, and so this, to me, really represents a lot of positive energy and something that we, we hope we'll see more of um, in the city. And so um, I also heard one of, the, um, one of the callers was FPI Management, which is a very established property management company. So you've also brought in the right team from that standpoint to make sure that they can... Um, you know, follow through with the regulatory agreement. <clears throat> so I'm just really excited at the level of thought and heart um, from everyone involved. So I, I just wanted to, you know, if I could third it, I would have thirded it. But um, but I also, I just want to give a special shout out to Ian Hobbs also. Uh, he's, he's an actor at Sacramento Theater Company, and uh, he does a wonderful puck for Midsummer Night's Dream. So I just want to let you guys know he's a wonderful actor, so uh, that, that was just music to, to, to hear that, that he was supporting this project. So thank you. I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, I want to commend the applicant and, and the project architect on the quality of design of this, uh, of this project. Really, really well done. There, you know, there's always a sacrifice, I guess, on any project. Unfortunately, it's probably the uh, the residents that's immediately to the west, uh, you know. Um, but 
for the good of uh, the housing that's being provided. I think that's kind of an inevitability as we move forward and, and develop these things. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great project and I'm really very much in favor of it. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. We have next Commissioner Lamas. Thank you. <clears throat> I also wanted to reiterate um, uh, my commissioner's um, support of the project. Um, I, I do believe that you guys found an interesting kind of mix of uses for this space. Um, I do appreciate uh, proactively looking to provide affordable housing. Um, so that's a big, um, big um, resource for the area. Um, and I think that um, that was there was a requirement for or a condition for the, the project to have co significant community benefits as part of this uh, um, exemption to the FAR. Um, and you guys, according to the staff report, went beyond the minimum requirements, um, also trying to provide spaces for um, sh shared rideables, right, parking spaces for um, bikes and scooters, um, and also trying to work with local artists um, to install um, a piece within the, the, the building. And so just want to commend you for that. I think um, being proactive and reaching out um, with the local community is a very important part of the development process, and it looks like you definitely took that to heart. So appreciate it. I have my time. Thank you, Commissioner Lamas. Um, I don't see any other hands raised, but just want to echo everything all the commissioners already said. We've been asking, when are we going to see affordable projects come before the commission? We have a great product before us, so I want to commend staff's hard work, the development team, and, and your creativity in working together. Um, and some of the benefits that weren't mentioned, or I just want to highlight again, are the local art that's going to also occur, um, the shied, uh, shared writables, and undergrounding electrical infrastructure. Um, so thank you for, for really thinking holistically about uh, your impact to the broader community. Um, we're excited about the affordable units. I, I do want to just um, point out one of the questions that were, was raised earlier in that we understand that for this design, all of the affordable units had to be on the, on the ground floor. I think going forward, we hope that there's a, other models and different patterns that we can see with affordable units being more mixed within, uh, within the structure. Um, so with that, we have, again, a motion by Vice Chair Wallace to approve staff recommendation to forward to City Council, recommendation of approval, uh, and a second by Commissioner Caden. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Buckley will be absent. Commissioner Chase? Um, a hearty and enthusiastic aye. Thank, thank you. you. Commissioner Caden? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Macias-Reed? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young? But it's not letting me. Yeah. Aye. Thank aye. you. <laughs> Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Thank you. And Chair Hernandez? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Congratulations to staff. Congratulations to the development team. Um, that are those, all of our items on the public calendar. We'll now move on to the discussion calendar. We have item number four, review of the city fiscal year 2023-2028 capital improvement plan for consistency with the 2020, excuse me, 2035 general plan. File ID 2023-00510. We'll first do public comments and then move on to staff presentation, followed by commissioner questions, comments, and motions all together. Uh, so, Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised in Zoom, and I do not have any speaker slips in chambers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so now we'll do staff presentation. Uh, Nguyen, whenever you're ready. Thank you. Um, so good evening, Chair Hernandez and members of the Planning Redline Commission. I'm Nguyen Nguyen, uh, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. And this item pertains to the City's Capital Improvement Program, or CIP for short, that is developed annually by the City's Department of Finance. The CIP is the City's five-year financial plan for funding infrastructure and facility needs, and is included as a part of the City's proposed budget every year. Each year, as part of the CIP process and in compliance with City Code, Planning staff receives a list of new CIP projects developed by our Department of Finance in coordination with other respective city departments responsible for facilitating and implementing capital improvement projects. Um, planning staff then reviews and evaluates the new projects for consistency with the goals and policies of the general plan. Since new projects are added to the, CIPs, to the city's CIP every year, the Planning and Design Commission is asked to review staff's analysis and make a finding of consistency on an annual basis. The CIP was last reviewed by the Planning and Design Commission on May of last year. 
Um, this year, as a part of the proposed 2023 to 2028 CIP, there are two newly created programs, both of which are citywide and serve broad areas of the city. These two programs include a program to maintain and recertify the city's three railway quiet zones and a program to support the replacement of residential water meters that are at the end of their useful life. Staff finds that the proposed programs are both aligned with the general plan's goals and policies to contribute to the safety and well-being of residents and maintain a high quality of existing infra infrastructure. A detailed consistency analysis can be found in attachment two of the staff report. Um, so based on review of the new CIP project, staff is recommending that the Planning and Design Commission pass a motion uh, forwarding the council, sorry, pass a motion to approve forwarding the council a report on the CIP's consistency with the 2035 general plan. The budget office will inform city council of the commission's consistency finding during council's review and approval of the 2023 to 2028 CIP uh, on June 13th. This concludes my presentation. Um, I am joined by Remy Mendoza, senior planner, for any questions that you might have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nguyen. Um, commissioners, do you have any questions or comments for staff? Commissioner Lamas. Thank you. Um, I did have a question about the water meter replacement program. Is it that there will be staff that proactively look or identify water meters that need to be replaced, or is it is the onus on the homeowner to um, reach out to staff in order to get them re replaced? Um, that's a great question, Commissioner. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that information. Um, Every, I think the Department of Utilities will have their own process and we can get back to you with the, um, with the response if, if um, and we're happy to follow up on that question. One additional piece of information that we do have, um, Commissioner Remy Mendoza, Senior Planner with Long Range Planning, um, is that this, the intent of the program is to replace water meters that are at the end of their useful life in order to uh, ensure that um, we maintain the integrity of the service for the neighborhoods. Okay, thank you. I yield my time. Thank you, Commissioner Lamas. Next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you. I just want to clarify. I, I thought that the city had gone through a, a, a complete meter replacement uh, in the last few years, last 10 years or so, water meters throughout. So it sounds like this is different. Uh, you're saying, Remy, that that's ones that are end of their useful life? Or? That's correct. So this would be um, as they get... Uh, to the end of their useful life, and then they require additional replacement, the funding would support that program. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioners, additional questions, comments, or motions for staff? Oh, yes, just to clarify, this requires a motion to forward to City Council um, recommendation for approval, or that it's consistent with the general plan. Commissioner Macias-Reed. I'd like to make a motion. Thank you. We have a motion by Commissioner Macias-Reed to forward to City Council. Um, and let's see here. We also, I'm sorry, I'm going a little slow here. Commissioner Caden. I'd like a second. We have a second by Commissioner Caden. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Buckley is absent tonight. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Caden? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Lamas? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Thank you. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Thank you, motion passes. Thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Um, so that's it on our calendar. We'll move on to commissioner comments. Commissioners, any ideas or questions you'd like to raise for, for the greater good? Commissioner Chase. Just a quick uh, uh, comment. I believe all the commissioners were approached oh, in the last month or so by an instructor at uh, Kennedy High School uh, to you know, speak on, you know, come and join the class that's been doing a, 
a study on homelessness. I have been involved in that for the last three years intensively, and so I volunteered. I will be going. I believe Commissioner Boyd, there may be others, but uh, I just want to make, I think it's a great you know, outreach to us and look forward to it. So. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Additional comments, ideas, or questions? Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Chase. My alumni, and I forgot about the, uh, the invitation, but thank you for not forgetting to bring that forward uh, at this time to see if anybody else would like to uh, participate in the tr transitional housing project that the um, Kennedy High School class is doing uh, via an AP government and AP history class. Um, there is a morning session and an afternoon session if anyone um, else is uh, willing to, is able to change that, is able to come. I know Commissioner Young has um, um, put forth as well as uh, Commissioner Chase and myself. Not to say we all need to be there, but by all means, if uh, you would like to add to Kennedy High School, Go Cougars, uh, educational program, everyone's welcome. Thank you, Chair. Great, the alumni spirit. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Seeing no further hands raised in the queue for commissioner comments, ideas, and questions, we'll now move on to public comments, matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any speaker slips in chambers, and I do not have any hands raised in Zoom. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. That concludes today's meeting. Uh, this meeting stands adjourned at 6.38 p.m. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night.